that's one of our go-tos too. It's making like a tuna, like sardine, uh, what do you call it? Salad? Tuna salad, yeah. 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 Smorgasbord. Like, a tuna yeah. smorgasbord. Hey everyone, I'm Morgan, co-founder of Primal Kitchen and host of the Primal Kitchen podcast. Today I'm getting personal with surf legend Bethany Hamilton as she shares how her strength and faith helped her overcome the seemingly impossible. Bethany was a rising surf star at the age of 13 when she lost her left arm to a 14-foot tiger shark, which seemed to end her dream career. However, one month after the attack, Bethany returned to surfing and within two years won her first national surfing title. Bethany has found strength in her personal faith journey and continues to be an active surf competitor to this day. In 2019, she released a film called Bethany Hamilton, Unstoppable, and has motivated crowds as a public speaker, dedicating her time to the public eye to help people live an epic life. Before we get started, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own, do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Hello, Bethany. Hey, Morgan. Stoked to be here. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great to chat with you again. So I, for those listening who don't know, am a like what we would call maybe like a kook from the Midwest. I've been surfing for like 10 years, but um, it's embarrassing to even say I surf when I'm on a podcast with you. So anyway, (laughs) but I'm extra excited to have you here for that reason alone. Pause for a sec, because my husband is from Kansas, and he's now been surfing for 10 years about. So I I know where you're coming from, and like I've been intermixed in that journey of his his becoming a surfer, and it's been really fun, but he does rip pretty hard. I always say, I'm like, hon, you're probably the best Kansas surfer there is. Yeah, I mean, that's true. (laughs) That's impressive, though, because like, did he learn like in his 20s in Kauai? Because Kauai is not like a... That's where Bethany lives for folks listening. That is not like a comfortable place to learn how to surf, in my opinion. I mean, maybe Poipu, but not where you are on the North Shore. No, I mean, there there are some really amazing beginner waves here, but it's definitely like rough terrain out there, a rough ocean, you know, it's like serious, no joke. But I think because he was with me, like we met, he moved here and then a year later I met him. And so he was just like thrust into the ocean. Like the first time we hung out, like I was swimming circles around him, like a mermaid. (laughs) And then, but he learned really fast. He's a natural athlete and he has a little bit of skateboarding background. So he kind of like caught on pretty fast. And I think some days he still gets frustrated and I can kind of like out paddle him, even though I have one arm. And if you see a photo of him, he's like a super muscular guy. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> so that's kind of funny. On, actually, he came on, he did Bethany's like tech support before the podcast. And I was like, damn, we both, <laughs> both our husbands are named Adam. And I was like, damn, this Adam is ripped. Like he's just in Kauai, like jacked. I mean, like he works out, but like, he's one of those natural, like just animalistic, strong humans that like, probably even if he didn't work out, he would just always have that like strong build. Like I remember five years ago, I would be like, I work out like four times as much as you. And I'm like, half as strong as you. (laughs) It's just like that natural innate like strength as of a man. And um, yeah, it's nice because I like having that strength around. I mean, he's so much more than physical strength, but like, it's nice sometimes like he can just be a pack mule in the airport with all our stuff when we travel. (laughs) I feel that I'm only five feet tall and it is nice to have my husband's similar, like played football in college and is just very athletically built. Also when I, I taught him how to surf too, ironically. And I remember I moved to California and I was like, I'm going to meet like a surfer guy who lives in a van. Like it's going to be awesome. And then I met this like Midwest guy who was working for the Air Force. <laughs> this is like not, but in a month, he like had the hair grown out. He was surfing and then, you know, very quickly adopted the sport. But how did you guys meet? Now I have we to know, had been I set up by friends. Like there was a family that kind of had brought him out to help start a young life um, organization group on the West side. So he was working with like kind of rough kids on a certain area of the island. And so Yeah, they just loved him and wanted him to meet a wife, I guess, and like stay on island and not get out of there. And yeah, when we first met, kind of like 
it happened fast and I don't know. I think I kind of knew what I wanted, but then I met him and it wasn't quite what I had pictured. Like I always thought I needed like a surfer, which he wasn't. And I don't know. It was just really cool how it kind of came together. Yeah. Did you think you'd end up with like some surfer from the pro tour like that you knew from the whole scene? I don't know. Like I didn't think I would marry a like local Hawaii sort of person. Um, I never really meshed with the guys out here. (laughs) So when I met him, I just, there was something about him. I think it was that Midwestern like upbringing that really caught my attention. And I mean, we shared a lot of interests. We were both adventurous. Like we lived a life of faith and we just kind of like, eventually I brought him into the journey of health and like all these things just kind of worked out. And I think Also, I was so immersed in the surf culture that he brought me out of it. And I liked that. Like, and I needed that. I needed like some separation of like surf obsession. Yeah. Life outside of the. (laughs) Yeah. And and still to this day, I feel like he helps balance out the family life. And like, I'm getting my boys to learn how to surf now. I have three boys and my oldest is uh, six and a half and he's a shredder. And so it's nice to just have that balance. And even though I'm sure whatever would have worked out if I had fallen in love with someone who's a surf diehard, but he does love surfing and we try to get like at least a few surfs together a month, um, get grandma on the children. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. That's great. Um, I have to tell everyone listening that the last time I talked to Bethany, we don't even remember what it was for, but I interviewed her for some other podcast and I wasn't doing the Primal Kitchen podcast at the time. We had such a fun conversation. I decided I wanted to host the Primal Kitchen podcast after my convo with Bethany. So here we are like a year plus later, I think only it was like November of 2020. And I remember that because I was in this rental house in Michigan in like quarantine with my husband's family during like early COVID phase. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just like really coming full circle for me because I'm like, God, last time I talked to you, didn't even have a podcast. This is great. But anyway, okay. So you're in Kauai. You have this hot, really ripped husband who surfs and he's a Midwest kind, which I can vouch for is like the, the best. Um, but bring folks along on the journey who might not like know your full story. Like give us the scoop about the Bethany story. Uh, so I was born and raised here in Kauai, Hawaii, and I uh, had two older brothers and amazing rad surfer hippie parents that just loved um, live their life around the ocean. And then once they had their children, me included, they just shared that love for the ocean and I took that at a really young age. I was probably about like before I could walk on a surfboard. And then by the time I was like five, I was like doing competition. And then by the time I was eight, I was like, I know what I'm going to do when I'm older. I'm going to be one of the best female surfers in the world. And then um, at age 13, I went to the National Scholastic Surfing Association uh, finals, basically the biggest event for amateur surfing in the U.S. And I place second in the finals against like way older girls in high school. I was just like this little, little frother grom. And that was like, okay, wow, this girl's like on everyone's radar. Like she's gonna like do big things. And it was that next fall I was surfing with my best friend and then I lost my arm to a shark, which was not part of the plan. (laughs) But I had a sense of peace that God was in control, and I really got through that time with so much resiliency and just gratitude to be alive. I remember waking up in the hospital thinking, like, I could have died, and for some reason, I'm still here. And even though I don't know what my future is going to be like and my world feels upside down, um, there's more to life, and I'm just going to keep going. And so less than a month later, I was out there surfing again, as basically as soon as the doctor said I could get in the ocean. I had talked to a friend, his name was Mike Coots, and he actually learned how to surf with one leg. And he had been through something similar to me. And that was like my hint of hope, like, whoa, maybe I can surf with one arm. And I think so much had, I had gone through so much in that short period of time, but my greater fear was not of sharks, but to lose my passion, my love, this sport that was so much more than a sport is art and lifestyle and just 
beauty and I didn't want to lose that. So I was willing to get back on my board and keep going. And I remember my first wave, I stood up on my feet and rode it all the way to the beach. And it was a very mundane wave, but it was like the best wave of my life. Like I can remember that feeling still that day. And I rode it all the way to the beach and it was just like, I was crying tears of joy. And then that kind of just, I didn't know what was going to go on from there, but I knew I would be in the ocean and little did I know I would go on to be one of the best female surfers of my time and do a lot of other really cool things that I've done, like motivational speaking, um, competitive surfing. I've won an SB award, um, and now I'm doing life coaching programs and just having a lot of fun with life. Like I'm basically living out my dreams and passions and whether it be surfing family or helping others, I would say those are like the three big pillars. And then of course, like underneath that all living a life of faith. And I'm very passionate about health and I just, I'm constantly pursuing the things that get me stoked in life. And it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just like so amazing. Okay. So many questions. I would, I'd like this. I don't think I asked you this last time I talked to you, but I'm just thinking of like, you brought it up a little bit, but fear, like getting back in the water and saying like, I'm not afraid of sharks, but like, even just your family, like you know, how you were 13, like to be able to have such resiliency and even like paddle back out again. Like, do you think the age helped? Do you think it's just who you are? Like how, where did this resiliency come from? And like, how is fear present? And what has your relationship been like with fear since, since the shark attack? Yeah. So, you know, I think sharks, for example, are a legit fear that, um, was a fair fear, you know, like fair enough that my 13 year old self was scared of sharks. Of course I should be like, that would be weird if I wasn't. (laughs) Um, but my fear of like, I think so often we take our fear, our challenges and we turn them into our fears. So for me, surfing was a major challenge. And yes, I had a little fear that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I could have just been so fearful that I wouldn't be able to do it, that I just didn't even go and I didn't even try. But in in reality, it was just a major challenge that if I was creative and adaptive enough, I would figure it out and I was willing to try. So I think so often we have challenges in life that we turn into fears. Sharks, on the other hand, um, of course, I'm going to be fearful of them. I just lost my arms to one and just about lost my life. But I also approached it with kind of a matter of fact that you're more likely to die of a million other things than sharks. And what happened to me was such a rare, rare occasion. And it's kind of like if we all, every time we entered the ocean, thought of the movie Jaws, like, uh, we're going to get fearful But when you think of like the beauty of the ocean and the statistics of it, you're like, oh, it's super rare. Like there's no reason to live my life in fear of this. Like it's more dangerous driving to the beach in my car than it is going out there to surf. So I think I just approached my things that could have been fears and I approached them as challenges. And I really took on the adapting approach to life and like just set my mind to it. And I didn't let my doubts and kind of worries hold me back. And a lot of that just came from me. I mean, I think a lot of it, I had strength in my faith in God. I had a really amazing family supporting me, but I also just had this genuine drive and push and resiliency that I think the ocean taught me a lot too, because you know this probably, um, paddling out in the ocean. Sometimes it just feels like the ocean wants to send you back to the shore and it's It's just ruthless. It is ruthless out there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes your muscles mentally and physically are just, I am over this (laughs) because the ocean can be so cruel. But I think that's like one thing that teaches a lot of people who surf, um, to push through that mental and physical pain because you know, there's an amazing wave out the back waiting for you. Yeah. And so I had a lot of like kind of training for that moment. And, um, still to this day, there's days when I go out surfing and I'm just like, Oh, this is horrible. 
And then, but I love it because the ocean isn't easier on me than it is on my peers. It's like this level playing field that is going to challenge all of us and humble all of us and kind of put us in our place. But then when you kind of have these moments of conquering, you're just like, that was the most incredible thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. There is definitely a, you have to really like love. I remember my first wave, not, you know, my first, first wave too, and having a similar, like I didn't want to surf. I was like, no, I'm a lake girl. I don't like do that. We were in Peru and I was traveling with these three girls from Ireland and they like made me go on the surf lesson. And then I was just like hooked. Like I stood up on my first wave, rode it to the beach and I was like, this is all I want to do. And it kind of like guided every decision I made for the next, I don't know, eight years, you know, until you're kind of like settled in a place where you can surf every day. And then yeah, yeah, I get it. It is like a, and you really do have to like love like the washing machine and being grounded at the bottom of the ocean and the struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I never thought about it in that way where, you know, there's like a reward. So it, what it's kind of what keeps you going. It's interesting. Yeah. Were you just out surfing pipeline like a few weeks ago or a month ago or something? Yeah. So, um, in January, I got a text message from a friend. She said, Hey, like, do you want to come over and surf pipe with me? There's a surf contest at the first of first, um, time ever. They had a women's division in this specialty event. So normally a surf contest would have like your first heat would be 30 minutes or so. If you lose, you're out. And then you, um, if you, win, you move on, but this event, you get to surf minimum six times, minimum 30 minutes each time. So I got the call up to be a part of this event at Pipeline and the forecast was like crazy big and really gnarly and probably one of the biggest challenges in the ocean of my life. And I jumped on it. <laughs> like It was crazy too, because I just had my third son. He just turned one um, in February. And so only a month before that, I was really starting to feel like, okay, I feel like my body is kind of back to normal and I'm surfing strong and I feel confident and I'm ready for some waves of consequence. And if you guys don't know, pipeline is the wave of consequence. It's one of the heaviest waves in the world. It humbles every single surfer in the world, no matter how good you are. And so I got the chance to surf and not only that one specialty event, but also the next event there, that was a world surfing league event. Um, I got a last minute call up for someone who is sick and I got to compete and it was just I'm really fun. Like twice in the last like month. In yeah. So I surfed in two separate events in the beginning part of the year and it was just incredible and super fun. And okay. Fun. And for those like, listening, how big was it? How big were they? It was like as big as you can surf it. So it was not easy. It was not inviting. I got super pounded, but I'm talking about people who don't know anything about surfing, like 20 feet. And I'm not talking about not Hawaiian, like give me the real feet. It was like solid 20 feet, but the wave is like, even when the wave is six foot, it's like as scary as like a 10 footer because it's so thick and powerful and gnarly and shallow. So even at 20 foot compared to some other waves that are 20 foot, it is like no joke. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not getting like towed in. Everyone's paddling in. Yeah. We're all out there on our own. Like we did have ocean safety, like lifeguards on jet skis ready to rescue at any minute, but we're all on our own out there. And so it's a really cool journey just to share such an incredible wave with three other amazing surfers and, um, just kind of put on a show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. And how'd you do? Like, how did you catch any epic waves? Were you like, that's the yeah. best wave I've caught in 10 years? Like, tell me about it. I want to know the details. I didn't quite reach all of my goals, but I got one of the most beautiful waves I've ever gotten out there. And by the end of the event, like, it's kind of hard to explain, but I really didn't understand the wave at the beginning of the event. I have surfed it. I've watched it a lot. I have, you know, I get that, I get the wave, but it's kind of like learning to read. Like I was basically in the beginner stage of understanding the wave. So by the end of the event, I really was starting to understand the wave and be able to position myself for the good waves and pick out the good waves. So kind of hard to explain in a short time for people that may not understand surfing but 
I was learning to read the chapter books out there. So pipeline is so- not something you surf like every winter. This is like a special. I thing. don't surf there that much. It's on um, a different island for those of you listening who don't know. It's on Oahu. She lives on Kauai. So yeah. Yeah. And, and it usually has like, when it's good, it's like 75 of the gnarliest guys out. And you could go out there for six hours and catch one wave. Like yeah, it's, it's not challenging. It's probably the most sceny wave in the world, maybe, right? For With sure. This. So yeah. I feel like the wave itself is so intimidating and hard, but the crowd is like equally as hard. So I tend to just find different waves that kind of remind me of it, but less crowded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. And you don't have to take a flight for, well, that is so fun. So like how many waves did you get at pipeline? I'm, I'm dying to know. Yeah. I mean, I surfed, um, I surfed six heats for mm-hmm. like 30 minutes to an hour. So each heat is like two to four waves, I would say in okay. like that window. And then, and then I surfed the second event, the world surfing league event. And I had a really good first heat, um, just kind of like put on a show and the waves weren't very good for that event. So it was kind of hard, but I kind of made the most of it and just went viral on social media. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. That's always fun, right? Just to explain it. I feel like yeah. there's no other way to explain it. Unfortunately, like I know we don't view life as going viral, but like the performance I had went very viral. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so cool. I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think when we were talking last, you were like, I don't know, like I, you had gotten into a competition and then you got pregnant with number three and you had kind of like gotten out of competition. And then you were thinking about like, maybe I'll start to get back in. Are you, I mean, I just can't imagine a year out. I mean, you're probably still nursing. I'm guessing. Are you like nursing? Yeah. So you're going out surfing pipeline, coming in, like feeding the baby. I mean, this is like, this is insane. Like crazy, cool female power stuff. I know it's pretty weird. Like I, I didn't know where I would be once I had three children. And I guess a little backstory like my mom was is such a mermaid at heart like she was one of the original like surfer girls out of San Diego California her and her sister carried this big old like 12 foot 50 pound surfboard and took turns on it down in San Diego one of the rare females in the water and then she moved out to Hawaii where she met my dad and then it's kind of sad but I bring up the point but after my mom had me her third child she kind of like let surfing go like she just didn't prioritize herself in the sense of her health or getting in the ocean and I wish that she had been out there with me instead of watching me on the beach and like kind of letting her health go and so I knew that like once I had children my priority would be that I would take care of myself and make sure I'm getting back in shape and doing the thing that I love, even if it's not competitive or professionally, like just getting out there and having fun and just finding my little windows of time to go um, be present and like have some me time. So yeah, I guess after having my third, I kind of was like, I don't know, I'm not not like super sold on competing, but I'm at least going to get back in good shape so I can keep shredding. And then eventually my boys will be surfing and I'll be surfing with them. But I don't know, I just somehow like get back in really good shape and like keep surfing just as good as ever, if not better. And then I'm just kind of ready to go if I get any call-ups to be a part of any cool opportunities. And I just have this like natural drive. And I think a lot of that is actually nutritional as well. Like I think when we take care of ourselves, we're naturally able to stay driven in life. Whereas if we let our health go south and like our energy goes out the window, then that's when it's hard to stay motivated. So I've just been like pondering on this thought, like if I have energy, I'm going to go and live life passionately and like stay ambitious and motivated in whatever sense, whether it's like taking care of my children or keeping the house in order or going surfing or like, you know, whatever it may be. And so I've just really put a lot of emphasis on taking care of myself and not at the expense of my children. I'm not like abandoning them all the day long. Half the time they're in the gym with me, like doing body care or they're cupping me or they're like, 
you know, they're climbing on me while I'm getting some movement in. So it's very like, I live very family oriented and, you know, they're at the beach when I'm like getting a surf in and dad and I are taking turns or, um, it just, yeah. So when the opportunities arise after I had my third, I was like, well, why not? I've always wanted to surf pipeline with no one out. So might as well just like jump on it. Yeah. So cool. What speaking of nutrition stuff. So tell, tell us a little bit about like what your nutrition journey has been like and like how that factors into your life and kind of what things you're doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could probably spend like three hours talking about this, but I guess my journey started as a teenager. Of course, I was super athletic, but um, I feel like it's taken me almost like 15 years to figure it all out. And But I'm glad I started young. Um, it started with, I did a live blood analysis randomly, which was really cool. And I could see the health of my blood in person with the doctor. You oh, can see parasites, you can see, yeah, it's, it's actually really rare. There's only like a thousand of these type, type of microscopes um, in the U.S. And so luckily there's someone on Kauai that does it. And so that like really kickstarted my health journey because even at age 18, my blood wasn't beautiful and it needed some love and, um, dedication to it. I had parasites, which I think just about everyone has that. Yeah. I had like weird blood flow, toxic buildup. Um, you know, we just live in a toxic environment and it's hard to maintain perfect health, I guess. So that set me on a journey. And then that same doctor does postural care. So spinal alignment and posture, um, focused health. So the way he approaches health is it's four vectors, like postural and physical, emotional, environmental, and neurological or something. I can't remember the fourth, but like health is so much more than just what we eat. And so I got like a really cool foundation to start that really got me thinking more than your average teenager. Like posture is not just mom telling you to sit up. It actually has, um, you know, it's going to help me perform better on my surfboard if my body is functioning in a healthy posture. And then having one arm and doing so much one-sided, I really had to combat the counter um, symmetry stuff. And I'm still combating that to this day. It's a continual forever journey, but it's just challenging me in so many ways that um, have been good for me. And sometimes it's really frustrating though. And sometimes it's really hard, but doesn't mean I can give up because if I do, then my body just goes out of whack. So (laughs) I just have to continually like work at that and learn more and take care of myself. So yeah, fast forward now, I'm a mom of three boys. I would say after my second child, I, my sleep was so bad like so bad. Like even if the baby wasn't waking me up, I would just wake up and be wide awake for hours in the night. And I was like, okay, this is ruining my life. And I can no longer like um, keep my cool in the daytime. Like I was getting very easily agitated, kind of snappy at those I love the most. And it's hard to say that, especially publicly, you know, like, cause nobody wants to be like that. And it wasn't my natural nature, Yeah, but it was my body telling me that something's wrong. So I would say over the last few years, I've just started listening to my body more and trying to pay attention to all the symptoms that I'm struggling with. So poor sleep, easily agitatable. It sounds like you got past the sleep thing. What'd you do? Um, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So my, so my youngest son is now one and I usually just nurse him if he wakes up because I've tried to sleep train him, but he's just not next level and he'll just scream for too much. And so kind of given up on that but like some nights he'll sleep through the night and I'm stoked and then other nights when he's like super teething or sick he doesn't so I still like nurse him a lot so other symptoms I had um, I didn't feel like my muscle recovery was very well or my lactic acid recovery was very good from workouts and surfing I would just like take me a long time to recover some of my other symptoms I'm trying to think um 
I don't know, skin, like premature wrinkling. Um, I would have my eye was twitching. So I basically just went on this journey to like, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of what I'm doing. And I found people doing the opposite of what I was doing. I was doing like ketosis and a lot of fasting. And now I'm doing basically the opposite. And I know that can be a bit triggering for people because there's a lot of information out there saying that it's so good. And I'm not, not going to say it's not, but it wasn't good for me. I feel like I was ruining my thyroid. I couldn't sleep anymore. And I was just having all these symptoms that needed to be addressed and healed. So now fast forward, um, it's been about two years now. I've been eating what I call pro-metabolic eating. Um, it's more of a lifestyle too. So it's just prioritizing my sleep, going to bed at a good time. I do more weightlifting versus a lot of cardio. I don't say no to any cardio though. Like I like just doing everything, but my focus is more on weightlifting. I only work out once or twice a week. Now I used to work out like five times a week. And I feel like my muscle mass is actually like maintaining better now. So it's really interesting well, to like, like work. It. yeah, <laughs> I'm working less, down. Yeah, I'm working yeah. less, but I'm still like strong. Um, and personally, I'm just like, not at a point where I'm like, I need to be like the fittest I've ever been. I just want to be decently fit and like ready to surf good waves. Yeah. And mostly just have fun though. Yeah. <laughs> and so the pro metabolic approach is very animal centric, animal based, like raw milk, raw dairy from healthy animals. Um, my brother is actually a raw dairy farmer. So I get milk from him, which oh. is awesome. I get to go visit the, the cows on the pasture and they're, they gotta be the happiest cows on the planet yeah. or, you know, up there. <laughs> And, um, I eat a lot of organ meats. I'm eating like bone broth just about every day, lots of fruit, potatoes, squashes, just kind of like a, a balance of everything and not really much processed foods, but a little bit here and there, like we love our mayonnaise. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, just finding that balance of like eating mostly food from the planet and the earth, but like still like making super flavorful food. So every time I eat and I try to eat right when I wake up, no more fasting for me. It's better. I'm not like snapping. I'm like happy and I have amazing energy when I'm fueling properly. Like when I feel good, I just charge all throughout the day. I'm able to surf, take my children surfing, clean the house, do all the things, jump on a podcast and like do it all like pretty wholeheartedly. And so um, I'm just pretty sold on it. But you know what? I've only been doing it for two years. So ask me in like 10 years where I'm at then. Two years is a long time. I mean, yeah, committed to a new Yeah, you know, it is. And I think what was really hard about it was just the honesty factor. I had to get honest with myself and I had to be, I guess, vulnerable and willing to let go of some of the things that I thought were really good. And just reframe my mind. So the goal with pro-metabolic eating is to not just like band-aid the symptoms, but heal from the inside out. So um, getting all my minerals balanced, things like copper. Many of us are actually like really high in iron, but our iron isn't moving because we don't have enough copper. And so like... I'll take this all with a grain of salt because I'm not like a professional and I don't even like know a thousand percent, but I'm just sharing what I think I'm onto something. I'm onto something here. And so, yeah, it's been really cool to just go from like being in an unhealthy place to like feeling amazing, sleeping a lot better, recovering from my workouts and long surfs. Like I'll be surfing with young girls and I swear I'm bouncing back faster than like the 18, 22 year old that like isn't necessarily nourishing themselves in the way that they need. And so, yeah, I guess I'm primarily using glucose as my energy, but I'm still eating fat and protein. Like I cook in butter and ghee and coconut oil and I eat a lot of protein. Um, I try to just eat protein and glucose every time I eat something. So even if it's a snack, so 
of like fruit and cheese or a fried egg and potato for breakfast, like kind of like going back to the basics. Like I for a while thought potatoes are bad and now I love them and I feel really good on them. Like when I eat potatoes at bedtime, I sleep so good and it's weird. Like I've noticed it. And then I even have a bedtime snack. So I know that's a big no, no as well. (laughs) Eating right before bedtime, but that's, I feel back. I feel like there's a lot of science now. People are saying like, eat your carbs before bed. You're actually going to, yeah. Like I'll just have like honey milk before bed or a little bite of ice cream or like a slice of cheese with like a date, like something just simple, just to like kind of help my, I think I had been so glucose deficient that like I would get through halfway through the night and my body was like not able to produce the glucose it needed to keep going. So now I'm just like embracing. And then it's weird too, because I'm even able to manage my weight better. And, um, I'm not like, not that I was, I never really had a really bad relationship with food. Like I always viewed it as something good and something that would like help me move forward. But I think I did kind of struggle with weight for some years and not that it was that bad. Like I just had your normal, like late teenage, like young woman kind of plump. But I think in hindsight, I wasn't utilizing the food very good and I probably needed more protein because I had a lot of like vegetarian and vegan friends. And so I kind of just now I'm just embracing all the foods and I, I eat grains too. I don't need a whole lot of grains. And then the big things I do cut out and really don't eat is like a lot of a whole lot of polyunsaturated fats. So I used to eat a lot of nuts and seeds and now I don't. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. And then even like, you know, a lot of processed foods have like sunflower, safflower, corn, soybean, all these oils are just in everything. Yeah. And I just don't eat foods with that as much, um, or at all really. Yeah. You know, the rare occasion, but anytime you eat on that one, (laughs) I know here, you want the key consumer insight that led to the I know my mom had made like a potato salad the other day and I had a bite and I was like, oh, would you put in this? And it was like a soybean oil. I was like, here, can I give you some Primal Kitchen mayonnaise, please? Like take this mom. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like on her own journey. She's been learning more about that. And she's like, yeah, I stopped eating all those chips and and I'm not buying any foods with those oils anymore. So hopefully it's having a ripple effect on my family and um just, I want everyone in my family to be healthy. And so my boys eat the same as me. And it's interesting because even like things, like if you have severe nightmares, it's likely that you're like maybe magnesium deficient, but also glucose deficient. So I'll notice my boys don't have nightmares very often, but when they do, I feel like it was like after a long day playing super hard. And even though they ate well, now I'm like trying to give them honey milk before bed. And my boys rarely have any issues. So it's kind of cool to see it having ripple effects in my family health and um, even my husband. And there's still a lot of symptoms that I'm working towards healing um, from the inside out. But it's it's a journey. I've been doing things a certain way for the last 10 years. And I think healing takes time. And so, um, for example, dairy, a lot of people don't like dairy, but I think you can overcome that. My sister-in-law was severely dairy intolerant, would just have the gnarliest stomach aches, but her husband's a dairy farmer. <laughs> and so she just started having like a tablespoon of milk a day. And then fast forward three years later, she can just drink a lot of milk and eat all the dairy she wants. And she is like no problems whatsoever. This is raw milk, milk. but even processed milk. I asked her the other day, I was like, Hey, how do you do with like super pasteurized, like processed dairy? And she's like, I'm fine now. So it's cool. I think she was able to like heal her gut and get her body processing these foods that many people have eaten since the beginning of time. And at some times, like raw milk was the healthiest food that people had their like hands on and like they cherished it. Whereas now like so many things like dairy, salt, carbs have been demonized, but really these are like foods that are good. Like raw honey, I think it's like an amazing food. I'm not going to not eat it. 
for a while I was like scared to eat fruit or honey and yeah. it just wasn't working for me. And yeah. I, I'm glad I went on the journey to like problem solve my symptoms so that I can better love my family and continue to live with ambition and like energy to like pursue the things I want to do. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. What are some of your like go-to meals? Um, I usually start the day with just like fried eggs and like fruit or potatoes. Um, I love just doing a smorgasbord. So like chopping up cheese, like having dried fruit, fresh fruit, like some sort of protein meat, like we'll buy some meat from us wellness meat. And they have like pre-made salamis that are like from grass fed animals. So I'm trying to like, I'm, or they have like little sausages you can get with liver in it. So I'm trying to like normalize getting liver into my diet also for my children. And um, so I'll make these little smorgasbords or I don't know what you call those. Yeah, like a charcuterie or something. Yeah, yeah. That's probably like a really big go-to. And then everyone eats what they need. And like, I think children are actually really good at intuitive eating. And so I've been trying to pay attention to like what they're craving and like ask them more what they want versus being like, you have to eat this. Like, even if they don't want the raw broccoli or something like that. Yeah, interesting. (laughs) We don't really eat raw broccoli, but like, I never liked raw broccoli, so I'm not going to make my children eat it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just trying to like, if they're craving more like fruit or if like the honey tastes really good in their tea, like I feel like I'm trying to listen to them more. That's and true. when they're only being provided healthy, real food, you see them like eat it all. Like they really like, especially when I do the smorgas or the um, charcuterie, whatever, (laughs) like I love watching what they eat and how they approach it. And like, they don't have, I don't know, we're more programmed versus they're more like free thinking and like they choose what they like need in a sense. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Us women, we're like, oh, it's it's too many carbs or too many calories. It's much like bias. We've been blasted all these different diets for far too long. And it's like a mental yeah. Or like, for example, my family and I went to Costa Rica. The baby was about five months, I think he was. And I like shedded so much baby fat, like from postpartum, you know, yeah. while we were there. And I was surfing, but not a whole lot. And I did maybe a few workouts in like a month's time. Like I wasn't like going crazy with yeah. physical but I drank like 10 coconuts a day because they were so delicious, so oh, sweet. Yeah. And they were just on top. And like the people who were helping our where we were staying were like, can we just buy some more, like another huge bag of coconuts? So the whole family, like the boys are cracking open their own coconuts and just out in the front yard drinking their coconuts. And I just like shedded weight and I was just like freely drinking all the juice I wanted. I don't know how much grams of sugar I drank in a day, but I felt amazing. I shedded a lot of baby weight and it was just really interesting how when I just like it tasted really good. So I just kept drinking it and I didn't like live in fear of like, am I overdoing this? And and then when we got away from the coconuts, I was like, oh, I'm craving that coconut water. Like I needed the glucose or something. Interesting. Just interesting. Like I think even if I don't stay exactly on this journey forever, just kind of like experimenting with ourselves. And we are our greatest advocates when it comes to health. No one else is going to help your health more than you will. So taking the reins and just going on the journey and figuring it out and like continually learning, um, I think is so important and just being able to unlearn as well and, and just being willing to um, do the hard work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, Costa Rica, so you guys just rented a place for a month and Yeah. I mean, after all the like COVID stuff, we're like, we normally travel a lot. And so let's just go to Costa Rica for a long time. So we ended up doing just about a month down there and we loved it. We ate like, like, where were you guys? Well, our favorite area we went to is Pavones. It's very South close to the Panama border and the waves are really fun. And my son got amazing waves and the beaches are black sand, but so pretty and inviting and just really good family vibes down there. Mostly cooking our own food because the area where we were at only had two restaurants 
And then down there, they cook with a lot of like the corn and soybean oil. Yeah. So we don't really like eating out that much unless we know the food's being cooked healthily. Yeah. But um, yeah, we loved it. We were just immersed in nature and just saw macaws and parrots and monkeys every day. It was insane. I love it. It's awesome. Um, okay, I have some like random questions for you. No, I don't. I don't know if you have like a few extra minutes, but okay. What are you most yeah, excited good. about in health and wellness these days? Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so. We want to get really biohacking nerdy. I just bought this hydrogen machine. So it's called the AquaCure. I don't have an affiliate or anything. Like I'm just nerding on it and I'm like obsessed. But this thing, I listened to a podcast and kind of got turned on to it. And I ended up buying it. And my husband and I were just so stoked. So we breathe like hydrogen every day. And then we drink so it's like water. an nebulizer or is it like a water filter? It's like this machine thing. I can't even explain okay. it, but like you turn it on and, and like you have to take care of it and stuff, but it has like these cords and you can put it on your head. I've been meaning to do goggles because I'm hoping to heal. I have a trigeum on my eye. I don't want to get it surgically removed. And I've heard that people have lost cataracts doing the hydrogen goggles. So wow. in a year, hopefully my trigium is gone. I've just been kind of slacking to do it, but I've been breathing consistently and it's like revved my metabolism a lot. My father-in-law was staying with us for a couple of months. And when he first got here, going up our stairs really hurt his knees and joints. By the end of the trip, his knees were feeling amazing. And it supposedly helps you with inflammation and therefore like helps your body heal wherever your body needs to heal. And so it's been really cool. Um, It's kind of a nerdy thing, but yeah, I mean, we only have so much time in the day as parents and like with work and keeping life moving forward, but you'll usually find my husband or, or I in the kitchen making food for our children, breathing our like hydrogen machine or We had a little cold this last week and we even had the boys breathing it. You can like adjust the settings per your body weight. And I bounced back so fast from the cold. I had a sore throat for like a half a day and then I breathed like as much as I could that day and then it was gone. Or like my friend had gotten COVID really gnarly. She was like out for two weeks and she said she was coughing nonstop. Finally, she was getting back into the ocean, but she was really low energy. And I had her come over and breathe after a surf. She never coughed again. So this stuff is like super nerdy, cool. It's called the Aqua Cure if you want to check it out. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, I know Mercola was really big on hydrogen tablets, which you can get tablets and like put them in water and you just drink it. And I've heard some cool stories with that. And um, there's a lot of science, like there's a Japanese doctor who's been studying hydrogen for years. It's helped obese rats overcome obesity, um, diabetic rats overcome diabetes, um, some crazy science out there. So that's That's been a fun little nerd journey we've been on lately. Um, And just trying to like, spend more time in nature and be present and like leave the phone in the car or at home and just kind of find the balance in life. There's like endless things to do, but sometimes you just got to put the to-dos aside and just enjoy life and, you know, enjoy nature and enjoy the people you love. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, who's inspiring you these days? Any like people that you're feeling real inspired by? Um, Honestly, like my mom's probably like the greatest influence in my life. Um, She's always just super encouraging um, towards mothering, towards like my journey of mothering, my journey as a wife and just finding the balance and like tools to make the right decisions along the way. So her and I, we love just playing Scrabble and she's usually just life coaching me while we play Scrabble and it's really cute and sweet. So I'm thankful that it's like, I still have a beautiful relationship with my mom and we have a lot of fun together. And our plan later is to go to the beach and take all my boys and my nephews, which I have like eight niece and nephews. Um, So we're going to go have a big beach day later. (laughs) 
I love it. Today, this is on the agenda today. Yeah, that's the afternoon agenda. God, a day in the life. This is great. Um, what is the worst thing you've done for your own health besides maybe doing this keto intermittent fasting for so long? Which, by the way, I nursing and pregnant can I fast forever? Can't do it. Nursing or pregnant, forget it. Like no. I think this, this it whole journey. No, you got to be like, yeah. Eating enough to like produce milk. And it's interesting. That's one of the symptoms I'm trying to figure out is because I feel like I'm, I'm eating like 3000 calories a day, at least I think I should probably do a calorie counter a day or something, but I'm like not holding back. And sometimes I feel like my breast production or my milk production isn't amazing. So I'm trying to figure that out because or maybe it has something to do with stress levels. I'm just trying to like lower my stress across the board, but sometimes that's hard to control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just trying to work on living life less filled with stress. And sometimes that's hard, but I think we can do a lot to just take things off the plate. Like for me, I just can't work out four days a week. I've lowered it down to two or three days or sometimes one day. And then I do body care some of the other days, but just finding that balance and being okay with that. Like I was definitely obsessed with working out and, you know, I was a professional athlete and kind of still am. Um, So there is a sense of like, I do still need to do it or I want to do it too. And just carrying heavy babies around. Like I kind of got to like keep the body strong to like be able to handle like my little guy is a chunker and he's just, he's starting to walk. So hopefully he'll start doing more walking now, but he's so heavy in my body. Just, I have to keep it strong to like keep up with him. (laughs) No, I feel you on that. Um, what? Oh, I wanted to ask you, have you ever used element? The, uh, it's like L M N T Rob Wolf. He's like a friend of our brand, a big paleo guy. He launched this electrolyte drink and it's huh. really oh. salty. So you talk about like salt, their whole thing is like, stay salty or get salty. I can't remember, but breastfeeding moms like swear by this element stuff that it really wow. increases their supply. Actually, that makes me think I've, I think I've tried element. Like we bought it when we were traveling one time. Cause we always pound electrolytes when we're like just on the go yeah. and in the airplane airport. I think you need that extra boost of salt in particular. Totally. And that's another thing when you're pregnant, like having more salt. Like I read Dave Asprey's wife's book is called The Better Baby Book. And I don't agree with everything in the book, but some things I thought were amazing nuggets. And I think that's okay to like take information from different people and still be stoked on them. But you don't have to take all the information and like take it as like the end all say all. Yeah, um, yeah. But I really appreciated her book. Uh, it's called The Better Baby Book. And it talks more f- to mother and pregnancy. Um, I thought I'm that gonna one. I'm going to email Rob and tell him to send you some elements. So okay. Yeah. yeah. I know they're kind of a competitor to Rob, I think. But I was doing Redmond Real Salt. They do. Um, they have electrolyte powders? Now oh, I didn't know that. They're salty. My husband loves it. He's just pounding it all the time. I definitely listen to my salt cravings. Cause I'm like, if you're craving salt, you likely need it. And yeah. so with the pro metabolic movement, it's all about getting all your macronutrients dialed on a daily basis, but getting your minerals and even things like sodium all balanced out. And then your body will be functioning more optimally. So like three years ago, my eye was twitching and I think it was because I was low magnesium, low potassium. So the few things I do supplement now, I definitely have magnesium every single day. And I try to just drink coconut water or coconut water powder to get potassium. I'm eating things like oysters, beef liver, bee pollen to get copper to help move my iron. I think I already have enough iron in my body, but I need to get it moving with the copper and magnesium helps everything balance out. It's like the clean flower bee. And so that one's been a huge focus of mine. And yeah, that's, I keep it pretty simple. Sometimes I take vitamin K or a few other things, but for the most part, I'm not, I used to take like 30 supplements a day. And now I just like kind of have like, I do have some collagen and gelatin and bone broth and high mineral foods like organ meats and whatnot, and lots of fruit and even fruit juices, um, 
try to eat like what's in season out here, but I also am just buying like what I can from the grocery store, you know, we're all in like survival mode. So I'm trying to like find more simple meals that are easy, um, crock pot meals and just like nourish well and, um, take care of ourselves. (laughs) I love it. It's so awesome. Okay. This is my last question I ask everyone, but I'm curious, um, how you'll answer this because I feel like you're a pretty open book, but what is something most people don't know about you? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. Um, okay. There's a few random things, but I like grew up doing jujitsu for a while and I loved that. It was so fun. I kind of stopped doing it cause I kept feeling like I was going to injure my knee, but in my early twenties, um, like late teens, I loved that martial arts. I think it's so good for women too. And I was traveling a lot by myself. And so it brought a lot of confidence and like, okay, I can kind of protect myself if something crazy happened. So that I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. Um, oh. And when you start to understand Bitcoin, cause like, I think it can get categorized kind of weird. And like, when we don't really understand it, we don't know why it's so beautiful yeah. and valuable but I'm a big fan of Bitcoin and I think that um, it can bring a lot of positive change in the world around money and finances, but the ripple effect that that can have on a lot of other aspects of life is really cool. But I think most of us don't understand it because the first time when I heard about it, I was like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. Your brain it's, kind of explodes and you're just like, eh. yeah, I just like, I didn't have the mental capacity to dive deep, but now that I have, I'm like a big fan of it. Even if if it doesn't succeed, like most of us think most Bitcoiners think it will, like I support it wholeheartedly because I think it's just such a good thing for the planet. So cool. I would not have guessed that. I love it. Um, (laughs) This is awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we all learned so much from you just mentally and physically and nutritionally. Um, and we love working with you at Primal Kitchen and I'm totally going to connect you with Rob and have him send you some element in addition to all our Primal Kitchen goodies. But um, can you tell yeah. them what you're up to and where they can find you and like about anything that's big going on for you, if it's like life coaching or online course or yeah. what should people know if they want to hear more from you? Okay. Um, well, uh, you can check me out on social media. I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite Primal Kitchen recipes. I'm usually going to bed having raw milk with Primal Kitchen collagen, a little sea salt, a little honey. And it's like my go-to routine um, just about every day. Or I have that for breakfast. And But yeah, I'm just on social media at Bethany Hamilton, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the above. I love it. <laughs> and I've been uh, loving, I launched my first like major kind of coaching program. It's um, called the Ohana program. And we launched it in 2021. And it's been such an amazing success. Um, it's a mother-daughter coaching program in particular. And I'm kind of the middle woman. So just cheering on these moms and daughters to be overcomers and to live life to the fullest and have a beautiful relationship with each other. And like two weeks ago, I finished the call talking to the young girls and I had, we were talking with the girls saying like, Hey, what's your rose and your thorn in life right now? And a couple of the girls are like, I'm hanging out with my mom more and I'm having so much fun with her. And like before they like didn't have that connection. So it's been really cool to not only empower them with my story and a lot of amazing tools to just be overcomers in life, but also like bond these beautiful, amazing relationships. And like you asked me earlier, like, who's your inspiration? I'm like, well, my mom. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's like if we can nourish these relationships that are the most important in life, like. And I talked to the girls. I'm like, hey, if you can get along with your mom, you'll be able to succeed in your marriage one day. Because if you can learn how to problem solve and conflict resolution, like one day your marriage will come around and you'll have some conflict. But you'll be like ready to charge through that and like be patient and forgiving and like work through it. And the girls are like, you can see the light bulbs like clicking in their head. And they're like, yeah, I want that. (laughs) It's awesome. Very cool, Bethany. You're such an inspiration. Thanks so much for spending time with us. 
Yeah, thank you. So good chatting with you, Morgan. And I yeah. love what you guys are doing at Premal Kitchen. Big fans, my hubby and I, since like the beginning of the company. I like love that moment when I finally like re-embraced mayonnaise and like yeah. it's so good on sandwiches and like in tuna, like you know, that's one of our go-tos too, is making like a tuna, like sardine, like uh, what do you call it? Salad? Tuna salad, yeah. 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 Morgan's fork. Like, a tuna fork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks y'all for the yeah. um, additions to the kitchen. I love it. Thanks, Bethany.